Welcome to the 1-1. One one. I'm BJ Ryan, episode 145, sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. Uh, zooming in remotely to uh, to do our preview for Eurythmic Stakes Day. Joining me, as always, is none other than the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. G'day, BJ. How uh, how are you today? I know the answer to that. It's, it's, not that it's, it's not that good, is it? It's not that good. So yeah, we're we're doing a remote today, so I can record standing up because I've uh, I've uh, tweaked my lower back um, in a bit of uh, in a bit of distress. But um, the show has to has to keep rolling on, Guru, because it's carnival time. Uh, the good horses are out, and the uh, the one one needs to keep producing. So soldiering on, and uh, we're moving forward with uh, Eurythmic Stakes Day. Looking forward to this one. Uh, the listeners will appreciate your bravery. Hopefully, we can back, hopefully we can back a couple of horses just as just as brave as you on Saturday. Yeah, very new head like at the moment is. Uh... Oh, geez, don't be don't be new head like. Be more like Evelina. Be more like Evelina. I think. To hear you, me. Well, we both um, both coming off a sensational opening day out there at Ascot last Saturday. Um, before we talk about our experiences on the day, just a big shout out to um, the great man Daniel Cripps for joining joining. Joining us last Thursday on the one one, James Oldring and all the uh, and all the staff out there at Perth Racing who uh, allowed us to record from the nineteen hundred bar. Um, much appreciated. So good to get out there and get into the spirit of things at Ascot Racecourse. But um, yeah, just your your thoughts on opening day. You were uh, upstairs in the members. It was uh, it was a pretty good occasion. I would have thought. Yeah, no, it was a cracking day, opening day. Uh, obviously, the racing was brilliant. Uh, played a bit more on speed than we'd, we'd anticipated um, uh, in a racing sense. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was a great crowd on course. Weather was wonderful. Uh, bar service, everything. It ticked every single box. It was a, uh, yeah, it was a cracking opening day, and hopefully uh, it sets a tone for the remainder of the carnival. Found a couple of winners as well, which was which was nice. Um but yeah, I uh, I couldn't be happier with opening day, BJ. Yes, it was yeah, it was good. I was up, um, I ran into you, of course, up in the up the members. I was on a on a table uh, with my mate, uh, invited by my mate Keith Watson Jr. Um, bit of a That's hoot. probably how you hurt your back, actually. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you, were, you were carrying you were carrying all your mates because you backed that many winners. <laughs> so yeah, well, it was a good table actually. We had, and there was uh, Travis, the OG Murray, was on our table. Um, group one, Greg Brown, of course, uh, who's been on the show before. Um, uh, Adrian Brown, who's the the manager of Oakland Park Stud. And uh, of course, um, your cousin Stefan Vahala was on our uh, was on our Ooh. table as well. So I got the uh, had a winner yesterday, Stefan Tuscan holiday. So I got the uh, inside running on uh, Aztec Ruler and um, when he's uh, and how far away he is. So yeah, it was a good day, um, good crew, and and even um, even after last, the Stone Motherless was uh, good to run into a heap of different people who you haven't seen for a while. And um, yeah, Ascot just is just a game changer, isn't it? Yeah, certainly is. Certainly is. I uh, yeah, I left at about seven seven thirty. I heard there was a little bit of a kick on from a few of the few of the lads afterwards as well, and just to continue to enjoy opening day, made an <laughs> opening night. I had a little bit of a uh, little bit of FOMO when I uh, heard about that, but I'd, uh, I'd I'd well and truly run my race by about seven thirty. I was actually, actually so. going to ask you that. Just just the the way that people um, consumed opening day and how keen they were to get back to Ascot, it could be like one of the the marquee days of the spring in, in Perth, but is it a challenge to go to do the Kalgoorlie Cup weekend, the round, and then butter up the following Saturday to, to, for the opening of Ascot? 
Nah. 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 Not for the guru. Just love it. No, we live it. We live for it. We love it. No. We'll be back. We'll be back there again this Saturday, declaring, uh, cheering home a double, uh, a latent double. Yeah, Yemen. Absolutely. Well, I don't think either are going to win, but yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> declare them anyway. <laughs> declare them anyway. Uh, what, what did you make of Snowdome? Winner, of course, of the feature, uh, the three-year-old classic. Yeah, plenty of runs from uh, from that race that were worth noting. Uh, also, it was probably a good thing beaten, but mm. in saying that, um, Snowdome was always enough to do it uh, sort of the tough way. They rode a lot the best horse. Neville's got a plethora of quality three-year-olds. Um, he obviously kept – obviously, Vampy at play was probably a good thing. Beaten, you'd say, real grace. Sean McGrady gave a 4,000 out of 10. Um, <laughs> I was a bit unhappy on the turn. He was riding it in that particular manner. But if he didn't, it wouldn't have won the race. So that was a – that's probably the ride of the day. I, it was, uh, I think I said to you after, it was almost like he um, – he was channeled pos- Pike. Yeah, he channeled. He yeah. possessed, possessed by the spirit Mike. of William Pike, the way that he rode <laughs> real grace. Use the force, Sean. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but with Nev, he had, uh, obviously had Bustler who won uh, super, like yep. a very good horse. Snowdome won like a very good horse. So he had to save a good one like Mr. Cover for midweek, who was probably ready to go for a Saturday race and yep. probably win a Saturday race too. So he's probably, um, Bob doesn't have all that many exciting three-year-olds popping around at the moment. And I think Neville's the one uh, might have stole all of Bob Bob's good stock perhaps because yeah. uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, he's got a serious team of three-year-olds. But uh, you, well, big, that, form, that's big snow, form reference, that three-year-old classic. That snow name's a magnificent looking horse. Um, but, yeah, good win. Uh, time was there as well. I mean, the track was was played fast on the day. But, yeah, top of the pops was eye-catching. Laced up heels we'll talk yep. about. It'll be back up today. Mm-hmm. Um, it performed really well. And there's a couple of runs in there that you can follow moving forward. So, um, yeah, that was, that was good. And, and you just got to – we probably need to discuss the the victory of Carly's Karma in the race prior in the fourteen hundred. Yeah. Gee whiz, that was something, she, wasn't just, it? she just went whack. So yeah, that was something. We uh, Latham and I, Latham Anderson, and I have a chat after her first up win, and so we think she's a good horse, but the market will probably continue to overrate her. And we had a bit of a chat after a race on Saturday and said, we might've got that wrong. She might be a very good horse. Mm. And um, I, I think they're making the right move, to be honest with you, to go to an Asian bow and have a crack at a railway. This is, we've seen this happen before. We've seen horses progress like this and comfort me sort of did it last year. We've seen Gilded Venom do it in the past. Um, sometimes I, you're, yeah, sometimes when, when you're you only in that sweet spot for a short yes. moment in time as well. I believe that, yeah, I'm a massive believer in that when it comes to sort of footy teams and AFL teams as well and you go as well as you went. Like I think Collingwood's list is just semi-ordinary but they were just up and about in the zone. A bit like when the Eagles won the flag mm. uh, a few years ago. I, I don't think our list was that good. I just think we had everyone in the right place even though we had a few out mm. uh, injured and suspended and I think that's the thing with horse racing. Sometimes you get a horse and they're just in the right zone and you've got to try and capitalise on it, even if it means, um, yeah, just got to try and capitalise on it, basically. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's ever going to be in the form she's in now, so might as well have a go. She could end up mm. being a very valuable broodmare in times. Carly's calm. I think she's a deep field as well. Um, and Treasured Star, the uh, pre-post favourite railway stakes, in, um, went around in race 10, the last. Yeah, track pattern wasn't suiting, but still flop. Uh, mm. Playing Marika, hit there. Yeah, a lot of them hit the line better than a dig deep, sat deep the trip and was only beaten a half treasured star. So um, we need to see better. Mm. She was she was the big disappointment for the day. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. She because Carberry found some cover. Um, yeah, just, it, it, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she had every chance to completely zippy let down, but she should have done more. Yeah, I reckon she she just just fought fought Patty early and. Um, mm. 
and uh, might have been a little bit on the fresh side and just sort of took away a bit of a finishing burst. But, yeah, you're right. Like, it was horses were whizzing past her. Playa Marika came from behind her, went past her. She wasn't able to get past Jadavi, who had – Well, who that's, had that's no – that's not a negative, is it? No, it's not. But I think Jadavi had a tougher run than Trenton Star did. So. Oh, I was being sarcastic. Jadavi's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a big booming finish on her, but to see yeah. to see playing Marika ridden cold and zipping home like that, I. Um, but also there, there was everything got. There was a bit of a spanner in the works as well with um, Clint Johnston-Porter, of course, um, off his rides on the day um, and continues to struggle with that that food poisoning, which means yeah. he's not riding again this Saturday. So we probably should have Porter call into Clint just to make sure he's all right, get him on the show, check in with him. Jeez, he, he probably wants some uh, Clint time at the moment. If yeah. I had food poisoning, I wouldn't be too keen to have a chat to us. Yeah, so he had one ride Calgary Cup Day in the first and hasn't – hasn't uh, had a mount since. So hopefully it's not too far away before he returns, of course, um, the outstanding young rider he is. So that was sort of opening day. And then um, we had the uh, the Pinnacles, the, the the six feature races, the majors across the five weeks. The nominations for those races were released on Monday afternoon. Some fixed odds markets emerged for for those um, in, the, uh, in the 24 hours post Release of nominations. Did you get involved in any of the futures, Guru? Oh, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. Keeping your cards close to your chest. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Last year I didn't, and it, it ruined my prices. So, mm. yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to be a selfish prick, and I don't really care either. No, fair enough. Hey, BJ, what did you think of uh, the talking point from racing at uh, Ascot yesterday? We need to touch on it. Um, no dice. No dice. No dice. So. Um, we're assuming that everyone who's listening to the show has, uh, is up to speed on on uh, hope so. the uh, the replay and the uh, and the subsequent stewards inquiry for um, for no dice and Sean O'Donnell at which uh, has already Ascot been yesterday. concluded. Correct. So mm. the uh, so basically, Sean O'Donnell was. Um, was all set to to ride no dice to victory. I would say two strides before the line. He's put the he was sort of riding strongish hands and heels, and then he sort of uh, down tools in a way, and then right on the line he's he's turned to his left, his head to his left, and looked behind him. Um, obviously, there was there was um, some yelling going on behind him, and he wanted to inspect what was going on. But in essence, the um, what looked like being a certain no dice victory turned into a defeat as the horse um, missed out in a bob to level um, <coughs> park train critical altitude. So um, obviously Twitter lit up um, as most people assumed that no dice was going to win the race. And then when it didn't get the photo, uh, the footage of Sean O'Donnell's actions right prior to and right on the winning line obviously created a, a lot of um, a lot of discussion on uh, on Twitter and social media yesterday. There was a stewards inquiry, and the stewards deemed that um, the um, that Sean O'Donnell not fully testing his mount cost uh, no dice the race. However, Sean O'Donnell argued that. Um, 
or successfully argued that the horse that finished fourth, Choice Beard, ridden by Keshaw Duran, Keshaw was um, was yelling out to both uh, Sean and Stephen Parnham because um, he was sort of in between them. I, I imagine he was asking for more galloping room, and um, that was the reason why Sean O'Donnell turned his head. And because of the safety element, um, the stewards uh, reprimanded him, and there was no suspension in, uh, incurred by Sean O'Donnell. There's lots of there's a lot to uh, decipher here, Terry. Um, so many questions. Uh, the 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 ones that come to mind is: Did Sean O'Donnell think that he down tools and turned his head after the winning post? Had he well, that was had, that was said, wasn't it? Had he assumed that he had already won the race prior to uh, the action that took place? So, um, other questions are. Sean, Sean was going dead straight, the head-on. If anyone wants to watch the head-on, they can do so on the Racing and Wagering YouTube page. Um, if anything, Stevie Parnham on Critical Altitude was the one who was shifting ground. He was sort of gradually sort of um, roll, um, shifting outwards. And also, Kishore Duran, he needed to take his own safety into consideration and, and look to sort of angle out or extricate himself from uh, from the situation that he found himself in. But, um, yeah. yeah, it was just a complete um, perfect storm of, of situation that led to, yeah, no Dice's defeat and, and lots of people uh, doing their dough. Yeah, yeah. The, the company line that everyone's going to be toting out all week and, and it's what you have to say this day, oh, safety first, safety first. And we, we all agree it's got yeah. to be safety first. I 100% agree. Scrap a race, do everything you have to do um, for safety first. But my question is, how is it safe? How is it safe to turn around on your horse um, and look behind mm. you? Uh, for, for me, and that that potentially is going to change the speed at which your horse is going, which is going to make it more likely that that horse behind you will clip heels. The thing you can do to be safe when you're the horse in front, in my mind, I've never ridden a horse and I'm going to cop backlash for this and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I've got no issue. That The safest thing you can do is to ride your horse at that the same pace you're riding it and make sure you maintain that line. So for me, everyone coming out and go, oh, safety, safety. Yes, of course, we want safety. But this, it, it's we don't need to sort of debate the fact that safety is paramount. I just don't see how this was the safest option to turn your head at that particular moment and stare at Keshaw. Jockeys are yelling at each other throughout races. If you go down to the fence, you, you can hear them going at each other and it's it's all part of the game. So I, I got I have no issue that Sean didn't that there's nothing uh, cynical here in regards to him not wanting to win the race. He wanted to win the race. I've got no issue with that sense. Um, I just think it was an error in judgment, and I think the stewards should have looked at it longer. And there needs to be this is one of my big pet hates is jockeys not riding horses out to the line. And this is a different situation to those um, because of those factors you've mentioned BJ um, but I would just like to see a deterrent become a part of this because the the amount of times and sometimes they most of the time they win but they win by the barest of margins and it's yeah I I think there needs to, to be a bigger deterrent um, in this situation so I don't think that safety um, can be an excuse when I feel like his actions weren't the safest course to take but that's just my opinion, which I'm sure will be very unpopular. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it d- depends who you ask. The, the, it depends the, who you ask. Yeah, the, the, um, the stewards were sort of snookered in a way that they couldn't necessarily 
<clears throat> penalise Sean O'Donnell because of his argument that he was uh, that safety was his number one priority. Um, but they can they can probe that further though and, yeah. and say, well, why is that? Why is that? How often are you yelled at from a horse? Like you watch the head on. That's got to happen nearly every single race. That almost exact same situation. Like literally every single horse race that has to occur. So I just think they need to be a bit more probing and even a bit more maybe education around the matter. And hang on, th- that probably wasn't the safest option. In but maybe. Maybe it was. Again, I, I, I'm not a jockey. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be riding horses. But just, just logically, the way I look at it, to me, it's not the safest option to turn around um, and look directly behind you when you're travelling at that speed in a horse. It would be to hold your line and keep the horse going at the same tempo. And as you said, it's in Keshaw's um, responsibility to ensure that he doesn't stray onto the back of um, No Dice and Sean O'Donnell. So yeah, yeah, that's just the way know, I see it. <clears throat> and just just one more thing, sorry. Before we go, I wasn't I wasn't one of the many people who was heavily involved. I had a little saver, but it was, yeah, it, meant, was it meant yeah. it meant nothing to me financially, really. So I'm not even. This isn't uh, me talking out of my my kick at all. So I'm, I'm just I, watching I just, the just watching the head on um, right now and. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Stevie Stevie Parnham, he would have heard the yelling from Kishore. He didn't he didn't stop riding. He kept he made sure he's uh, he was winning the race. Uh, I think I, th- I just think it was an error of judgment by that's, by, that's by exactly Sha- what I Sean think O'Donnell. As well. and, I, and I think I don't want to hang. I don't want to sorry to sorry to interrupt. I don't yeah. want to hang Sean O'Donnell out to dry. I don't want to sound like that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And have, be, I'm not having a crack at him. I'm having a crack at the stewards for not probing into it a little bit further yeah. and questioning the safety factor and questioning the deterrent for this type of thing going forward uh, when horses aren't ridden out to the line. So that that's the part I I just I don't I don't get. My, my, th- my thing is, would Sean have done that? If he didn't think that he'd already won the race, do you know what I mean? I, I, I think, did he say anything of that nature? I'm, Was not, that- I'm not really sure, but okay. I, it would. I, I think he just assumed that he had already won the race, which is mm. why he sort of he, he thought that he'd already crossed the line, which is why he um, he put his hands on the, the horse's neck there and and just relaxed and um, looked behind because that they're the actions that you take after the race has already been run and won. Um, and I, I think that was the error, the error that he's he's misjudged uh, his horse's momentum and the finish line perhaps, and that he assumed that the race was already over by the time that he looked behind and and uh, and did what he did. But the 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 error of him not just pushing that's that's not good. No, that's not good. No. That's bad. That's probably the biggest crime of the lot. So I agree. That's very. And you've got a desperate Stevie Parnham who, by the way, can't ride a loser at the moment. Yeah, he's flying. Uh, Stevie, absolutely yeah. low flying. Um, He's desperate in the saddle and he wins the race because of his desperation in the saddle. So, well, on the other side of the coin, well done to Steve. Yeah, the, there's there's so many different um, angles here, but the the I guess what we want to talk about is what you said before. The stewards need to be firmer on the jockeys not finished, not riding their horses out all the way mm-hmm. to the line. It doesn't have to be even when they it doesn't, win. It doesn't even have if, to they, be, if they're winning yeah. by a lip or yeah. Doesn't even have to be. Doesn't have moments. to be. We don't have to be whip happy, but there is a difference between um, strong hands and heels, and and um, like mm-hmm. going easy on the line. Like you get paid per ride, ride to the finish line, and and everything's happy. But when you, when they, when the riders, and there are some people who who do it more often than others, um, don't um, like. Don't forget, people have take Quinellas, um, trifectas. Um, first fours like the, these these um, 
errors of judgment impact impact people's And before wagering. somebody responds to BJ now and says, oh, you can't think about the punting aspect. Well, you can actually because it funds the entire industry. But, so you can. You can. I saw somebody put that on Twitter. You, you can think about the, the punting aspect because it funds our industry and we want to have some trust in, in what we're investing on and punters want to have some trust in the industry investing on. So you cannot use that as a thing. Oh, you can't talk. You're just talking because of the punt. Yeah, maybe we are. Well, maybe some people are talking because of the punt. And you know what? They're allowed to talk because of the punt. I'm just confused by why they even do it. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, it's who it, does what? Who, why jockeys? Like, it's just two more strides. Just keep, keep the yeah. keep the horse moving forward. Um, so, uh, but I I think the the last two um, examples of this, which have one was Pixie Chicks. Uh, Paul Harvey at Belmont um, a couple of week, weeks ago. The old, the old serial offender. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, and I think people just get get frustrated. And I remember um, you telling me that your your father used to keep used to say there was ninety nine different ways you could lose a horse race mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, this mm-hmm. is just yesterday's example of Sean O'Donnell and, and No Dice is just another unique way that you can get beaten. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just the the game just throws up these absolute crazy, you know, crazy moments, and you just go, it's wild. <clears throat> go back and watch the replay of All Man's last win with yes. Jason Whiting on it. Yes, and I thought the same thing had happened. Yep. I thought he'd galloped on a sea uh, bird or a seagull <laughs> or something, and because you see Jason Whiting over the line, go back and watch this. And I, you see I, that was the horse I was trying to. Thing. That was the horse so I was trying to remember what, before. I, yes, yeah. that's what I thought it occurred. Yeah. Um, but fair enough. He, he'd gone over a bird, so fair enough. Jason was like, he was throwing, and he uh, he's had a peep down. But uh, yeah, no, not, no, no birds, which was which is a positive. No birds were harmed, which is definitely a positive uh, out of all this. So. She was, um, yeah. but anyway, uh, let's get on with it. Let's move on. Otherwise, we could talk about this for hours, and I'm sure we will debate it in private circles for hours and hours. But the one thing I don't want to hear on every single channel is safety is paramount because we know safety is paramount. We all agree safety is paramount. Stop saying it I think, just so you concur with no, just so you concur with everyone that's saying it. And you, I think you, and can, you say the right thing. Stop, stop being that person. We don't need to. We all want everyone to be safe and happy. It's just about how do we get to the happiest and safest place. And I don't know if this was it. I think you can do both. Can't you be safe and still win the race? That's exactly, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. Anyway. Uh, uh, never a dull moment in the no. uh, in Good the talking game. point, though. Uh, last thing before we move on to our preview, Terry. Inspirational girl will be wearing the, the mighty Cerise and white colours in the Caulfield Cup on Saturday. Yeah, it's not so mighty at the moment. It was Bob's last winner. I know. It's a... Um, it's I think he's had a winner since Galaxy Star on the railway. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> inspirational girl is going to be ridden by John McNeil. Gate one. I was going to say the there's been a there's been a hell of a lot of rainfall at Caulfield yesterday and today. So I wonder. Uh, I think there's some country towns in Victoria that are actually being evacuated at the moment. So. Um, I'm not 100% sure Caulfield Cup Day is necessarily going to go ahead on Saturday. But um, anyway, if it does, Inspirational Girl, uh, John McNeil, Barrier 1 in the Caulfield Cup. Currently a $16 chance. One of my earliest memories in uh, in racing was the 1988 Caulfield Cup Guru. And uh, Bob Peters' horse, Congressman, 
was beaten in a photo finish by Impacera. Um and uh, I remember remember, wow. remember that when I was very little and dad had the had the VHS replay going as well, so I watched that many times over the years. So uh, Bob, yet to win a Caulfield Cup, ran, did run second back in 1988, looking to go one better with Inspirational Girl this Saturday. The other West Australian flavour on the day, Kiss on All Four Cheeks, a $7.50 chance in the Tristark Stakes, Group 2, $300,000 race, but um, has to do it from Gate 14, Mark Zara on board. Good luck to Pikey in the Everest. Yes, the Wizard. Mm. Um, yes, Everest, massive occasion over there in Sydney, and good luck to Pikey, who will be heading back to Perth for oh, the Pinnacles. And he's staying with me, actually. We probably need. To this, get- I've set the spare room up for him. <laughs> we probably need to. Uh, I haven't told him yet, though. Have you told Jared? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so no. yeah we might forget the wizard on the show um, just have a chat 100%. about uh, all the things going on in Sydney and his uh, trip back to West Australia very soon but what we'll do now is we'll take a break Terry and we'll be back with our preview for Saturday Okay, it is time to partner with Betfair and preview Eurythmic Stakes Day. BJ Ryan and Terry Layton teaming up to record episode 145 of The 1-1. This is your West Australian Racing Podcast. It is 11.30am on Thursday, the 13th of October. Northam today, Ascot and Leinster Cup Day on Saturday, Kalgoorlie on Sunday. So it's a Goldfields doubleheader. We'll be, we'll be punting at Leinster. 100% we'll be passing at Leinster. <laughs> what was the winner? We, you, you came across right at the right time last week, didn't you? I did. I did. Oh, that one. oh Dennis. Dennis, yeah, D. Rodman. <laughs> D. D. Rodman, yeah. yes. The $1.20 favourite. What was that? Devil Girl or whatever it was. Go across. Uh, first, first time on dirt going around a dollar twenty. Yeah. Jeez, that's a bit thin, isn't it? Yeah, old D. Rodman. Come on. Yeah, old D. Sasha Staley just gave us a 20 out of 10 from the 1-1. <laughs> she, one, did, one. she did too. Off she went. She certainly did. <laughs> um, so you had a busy weekend, didn't you? You had Leonora, Mora. Um, oh, yeah. Ascot. And you know what? I just wish there was more of the same, to be honest with you, BJ. Yeah, nonstop. Non-stop. Um, Don't yeah. know if you got that. <laughs> More of a <the> same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, home, the, home, forget. the hometown of Dane Hollingworth as well. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. I did because he told me about nine times on the day. So, yeah, he, he mentioned it several times. So he said, he he said a, next uh, year we're going to get, instead of opening day, we're going to get a, a bus to- uh, 100% uh, <laughs> A bus to Moore Cup Day. <laughs> 100% I'd do that. I bet in that 260% uh, markets the bookies do on course. Yeah, I'm, man, I'm all for that. But uh, BJ, don't forget to stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competition. And uh, we have semi-final number two of the uh, Mundaring Hotel's uh, WA Racing Mastermind uh, Media Mogul Challenge uh, to meet... Mickey Heaton, who mm. demolished Scotty Embry last week. We've got Brittany Taylor and, Jay's the undefeated, mm-hmm. the, the always undefeated, Jay Rooney, uh, going head-to-head for that coveted second spot in the final. BJ. Yes, can't wait for that. Um, firstly, though, Terry, have to give a shout-out to a gentleman by the name of Murray Coombs. Now, uh, Murray 
was um, we have to announce him as a joint winner of last Saturday's Get Out Stakes. Murray submitted an entry with MTA, um, 0.75 length margin. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't come up in our mentions, and therefore when we declared uh, Tim Jardine as the winner, we didn't have him in calculations. We just want to send an apologies to our man Murray, uh, who's been a supporter of the show for a long time. Uh, he has been awarded a um, $50 voucher to the Mundaring Hotel and hopefully goes out there and has a fill up with all the, the gourmet goodness out there. Did I say that? Sorry, uh, Market City Meats, rather. Um, so just want to send an apologies to Murray. Murray, Coombs, Tim Jardine, they were joint winners of last Saturday's Get Out Stakes. Terry. Very good. Everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. All, apart from all of us, the back treasured star. Uh, Tim Jardine as well. I'm not sure if I got the name right, but I think I've had a few frothies with Tim Jardine in the past. I think he's called the pig. Yes. He's friends. I think he's friends with um with one of my good mates, uh, Matt Connaughton. So that's the case. Let me know, Timmy, because I, I reckon you're a bit of a loose unit. I've heard some stories over the journey. So uh, well done. Make well, sure you eat those, eat those steaks before you have your next set of froffies. <laughs> his his uh, Twitter handle is at SlipperyPig14. I saw the photo. Yeah, I yep. think, I'm pretty sure that's him, but it was a, it was a long time ago. I'm talking yeah, 15, 20 years ago, I reckon. So. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so just a shout out to our man, Murray Coombs, and um, yeah, hopefully you get out there to Market City Meats and fill your boots. What's happening in the, well done, wonderful, what's happening in the wonderful world of Best Exactly Man? the same as every single week, I reckon. Uh, preview online. And uh, that's it. Have you, uh, been, go, have, like, have you been getting on go, giddy up with go, Gareth? That, that, yeah, going on Gareth's and uh, nearly did a clean sweep yesterday. I need to pray again to win to, uh, to get the four of them up, but uh wasn't to be. Um, Donga winning a photo on the last. It had to be, didn't it? Just the way of the day. They had it all gone down. Really drove that horse to the line. So um, everyone was dead quiet out there, which was lucky for him. So that's a joke. I'm just kidding now. Having a bit of fun with it. Um but, uh, yeah, just bits and pieces. Preview will be online Friday, I think. Friday, I think it goes up Friday morning, but they don't tweet it or anything till the Saturday because obviously Betfair's not liquid till then. So has, has it, actually, anyone- it actually goes up really early Friday morning if you search for it yourself, but I don't think it gets sent out. I don't really know, to be Is, honest. Have you have anyone at, at you on Twitter asking where your prices have gone? Uh, a few private messages, actually, yeah, and I told him to go and show it up there, Russell Coits, to be honest with you. So I was giving, probably giving a bit too much away. So I've already written this week's one. I have mentioned a few prices in there, though. So I uh, just over the carnival, we get a bit more generous, you know, A few, few little kernels in there. Few yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Very good. All right. Well, let's get cracking on Eurythmic Stakes Day. And the first thing that we must do, Terry, of course, is the Ascot Track Report brought to you by Witten's Irrigation and Design. Whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. All right. Beautiful spring weather here in Perth. Uh, where are, What are we talking track-wise on Saturday, Terry? I think we just allow for a fair deck. We saw him make really good ground midweek. Last week was on speed, so be mindful that could be the same. But uh, look, the conditions are nearly the same with the same winds, the same temperature. Rail's just out three further metres. So at 12 metres, you can make ground. At three metres, you couldn't. So what do we allow for? I'm not too sure. Um, Go with your speed maps and just be mindful about maybe uh, don't team into one from dead last early um, just because there has got to be the possibility you might not be able to make ground. But... 
yeah, let's just allow for a fair deck and not overthink it. Well, one of the fancies might be uh, timming home from uh, what well, might be settling last in the first as well. So, um, mm. yeah, just a note from from Craig Whitten himself. Um, he said that, uh, of course, he's in charge of irrigating the uh, magnificent Ascot Racecourse. He said they're likely to put on eight to ten irrigation uh, today and another six to eight uh, tomorrow. A good oh. four, good four track expected. And the um, but yeah, just just one over mention of the uh, the overall times from opening of Ascot um, last Saturday. Um, some of the races were super fast. I mean, Blackwater Bay was almost eight lengths faster than average. Never sober, five lengths faster than average. Um, played quick. Yeah, played quick. Uh, Carly's Karma was almost nine lengths faster than average. Snowdome, eight, and then MTA, six and a half in the last. My, obviously, the, the track was, was firmish, but the, my understanding was the, the length of the grass meant that the it's not, it wasn't as long as it, and lush as it can be, Ascot, oh, okay. which led to the How the much tons. does it grow on this week? Well, Inch, a I, centimetre? Yeah, it's, uh, we'll have to get our man Craig Whitten to come on and discuss that further. So, but yeah, I imagine that it was probably a bit too quick and a bit too firm for the participants' uh, liking. So, uh, I imagine they might have um, done some minor adjustments this week to to take a little bit of the firmness out of the deck, but still expecting it to to play play quick, um, and which is what we we love about Ascot as well. Um, so, mm. Ray didn't even make a joke when you said a bit too quick and a bit too firm. And <laughs> really good ones. That's some really good ones too. Uh, uh, un- uh, unlucky to pounce on something like that, Terry. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. right. Race one is the Amelia Park Plate for the three-year-olds over 1,400 metres. Still weights and penalties. And uh, one, of our, one of our good mates, Paul Huckle, is one of – I don't know, 100 people uh, who have shares in all the Kingsman. All the Kingsman is the current $2.20 favourite for the opener on Eurythmic Stakes Day. Field of eight, it's drawn eight. What do you think the, what do you think the Pontiff will do from that well, draw? Let's just start by notating, BJ, that mm-hmm. we don't have odds. Uh, we've only got Brad Bet and Bet365, apart from the features. Everybody else is um, what are very for? sloppy this morning. Well, usually they're up by about 10. Yeah. So all a bit sloppy this morning. So... Um, yeah, we can. Uh, we'll just go off a mixture of Brad and three six five. Anyway, I'm just, on the, uh, usually... I'm just on odds comparison, and I see better. Mm-hmm. Bet R is up there now. The yeah, new they're the, yeah, they're up there. Exactly right. I've actually got that in the to do list and have a mm-hmm. bit of a look at that later. So, um, yeah, very interesting. The, yeah, the they are uh, town. They are, of course, that well the. The people behind Bet R are uh, um, apparently in front running for yeah, buying the buying the West Australian TAB as well. Did you hear their? Did you hear that their um, what they did before bookmaking? <laughs> no, <laughs> they were pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Bet R R. Good work, Terry. Okay, I, I didn't actually pre-plan that. I promise. I actually just saw that. Anyway, that's nothing to be proud of. Uh, look, very. Uh, I do like all the king's men in the first BJ, but I'm worried about the. Uh, I'm worried about the speed map. Uh, I'm not going to be one-eyed here uh, and just back all the king's men blindly. That's an eye patch joke, pirate-wise. Um, yeah, look, I think it was obviously super first up. Let's go back and have a look what it beats BJ. Mm-hmm. Beat enticing and dance cocky. So that might not be the strongest form reference. Uh, that 66 plus. So a bit mine. Of that, I feel like he's rising four kilos 
and he's also going up in grade almost a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So I'm just mindful of all that. I, I think he's your winner. I think he's the one I want to sort of be on. But I, I, I sort of want three dollars to have a bet just with those queries on the uh, speed map. So upper I limits. Think, and- I think I think you might even achieve that. I don't know. There's not many other backable horses mm-hmm. there. I think Upper Limits lead, Santorio Breeze. Yep. Rejuva King's off a little freshen up with big weight. If it beats me so bad, I'll cop that. Not sure about Central Force as a racehorse. Um, I really like to catch these hands. I think this might be a bridge too far, but yeah. I liked its last 200 over 1,000. Yep. And I think if it gets a 50 to 1, it might be me each way. Um, but I've marked Sesswa second favourite. But the thing is, Sesswa might be no good. I'm just not sure, but I just I, I trust the yard. I love the speed map, mm. and I know I, I know Sean will ride it out to the line. So I, <laughs> I'm just joking. That's my last one. I do. Uh, I think that it's got the potential after a, a run at Northern. You can probably put a line through, but uh, all the king's men for me, BJ. I'd love to see three dollars, and I'd be uh, happy to uh, have a crack if I see three bucks. Yeah, yeah. I think he's uh, he's uh, he's a genuine guineas prospect. All the king's men. Um, what did you make of Central Force thus far? This uh, Bob Peters? Uh, just a battler. Just a battler. Just a battler for now. Yeah, yep. no, no interest whatsoever. How's he going to win from last? Like if it yep. if it wins from last, then good on it. Yeah, yeah. All the Kings man as well. Good luck to our man Huckle there. Um, mm-hmm. And PK. Re- really nice, uh, really nice horse in the. And I think just the the eight horse field. Um, I don't think the speed super like super. So I don't imagine them to be hooning along out in front field bunches. Um, Wheeling, using the camber, Ponoff, all the Kingsmen can swoop over the top of them. Um, yeah, hopefully, but I'm a bit like you, Terry. Wouldn't mind a little bit more juice in the in the price. So mm-hmm. race two is the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Series Heat Number One, of course, uh, leading into the one hundred thousand dollar West Speed uh, Platinum Series Final on Winterbottom Stakes Day. This is the first heat of the series. Um, and we have, uh, geez, ain't no other man has got some uh, reasonable form lines heading into heading in this particular race, Terry. And Halitorian, of course, owned by some of the who's who of West Australian racing, coming off a uh, eye-catching fifth at Kalgoorlie last start. Tell you what, that fifth's looking better when you do the meeting as mm. well because that's, uh, that, the centre part of that deck was absolutely horrid. Some of those horses that were on speed and um, – and kicking uh, aren't that crash hot. It was it was an amazingly um, on speed day at yep. Kalgoorlie. So definitely give Halatorian some credit for that. He hadn't had a run for five weeks either. So look, I I think he's just a an even horse. We know what Halatorian does, but if Lactar can get him out, there's really good quality speed horses in this and tuck in behind him. Mean, he's not completely impossible, but I, I doubt he ever gets to who, what would be a who leads Stinky or Dan uh, There's there's four options, yeah. I think, leading-wise. I think they'd love to lead on Ain't No Other Man, but he just doesn't step all that well. Yep. Um, so he probably has to land in behind them. If he does step, maybe he could really try and own it. Um, but obviously, Sneaky Fox goes quick. Requisition will probably park up here, but it's just naturally a really good beginner and quick horse. So yep. it'll end up forward. And then uh, the two, you said Dance Cocky and... Um, I ain't no other man. So they're, they're your four, and I think they just sort themselves out out in front. And I think um, maybe with the exception of Sneaky Fox, who I don't think will be in the finish, the other three are really capable of um, of just about winning this race. So that's why I find it very hard for a horse like Price Pursuit, who I don't think is, uh, I think, does his best racing at Kalgoorlie. Anyway, it's going to be back last. Key trade, I've got shorter in my market than Price Pursuit. Love the trial. Um, but just from last, if, if he drew barrier five or six, it'd be each way all day, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I think this will be a really 
uh, on pace speed orientated type race. I've got eight no other man on top, but yep. I mean, Brad's 340. I'm looking at 365. It's 290. Those prices aren't getting me. Like, not for a horse that struggled to win. Oh, it's 260, 365. Gee whiz. That's short. Um, so, not for a horse that's uh, struggled to win. Um, it's not going to get me. In saying that, if you look at the horse that's been at home, it's been Snipperucci. Uh, it's been Let's Gallivant, who won a Hannon's Carly's Karma, who's yeah. now going to go to an Asian bow and maybe a railway and, and defending took the entirety of the straight and it's going super. So, mm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not been beaten by slouches. So, uh, ain't no other man on top. But I, 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 to be honest, I want four bucks to have a bet. And even then, I don't really mind too much. Dance cocky each way might get me. I reckon. I don't know. I'm open. It's um, hard with that odds. Probably have to mention as well. There's a bit of a query on Lucy Warwick riding at um, Ascot on Saturday. There was a. Oh, she's uh, off. She's off half her eyes already. She's so still, I dare she's say still she's named. Not. She's still named on uh, requisition, but I imagine that she'll be. And this will test you, yeah. yeah. And then, so I imagine she'll be uh, unavailable to ride on Saturday after taking a, a tumble um, off uh, Desengo at Ascot yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just keep she's an all, eye. She's she's okay though. I think she's from yeah. yeah yep. Jay messaged us earlier, and she's okay. So. Okay. So, but yeah, I I would have loved her to stay on requisition. I think that requisition price is. Um, it's quite reasonable considering some of the horses that are shorter in the market um, coming on the quick backup after mm-hmm. fighting out the finish last Saturday. Um, Different form on. He only beaten a length and a half behind Real Grace and, and uh, was a vampy at play. And the stable mate, I thought, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jedi Mind run a cheeky race first. I didn't mind yeah. its, um, its trial win. And uh, from one, Sean McGruddy, maybe three back the fence. Um, uh, another pikeish type ride there for uh, Sean McGruddy and Jedi Mind can run a cheeky race as well. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the race is run and one between sort of those six horses that all settle in the first six, seven on the fence in, you know what I mean? That yeah. little sort of patch there. So, um, yeah, late prices. It, it's really Ain't difficult no other to do the, the be podcast without a price. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's just hard to... Yeah, that's the thing. I'd be if it was two fifty, I'd say let's take it on all day. If it was four forty, I'm saying I'll probably have a bet here. So, yeah, it's hard. Hopefully, prices come up shortly. Okay, race three is the Jade Canaan Handicap. This is over eighteen hundred meters. It's in the ratings seventy plus band. Um, Buster Bash on the quick backup after placing in uh, seventy eight plus last Saturday. But the speed's going to be very interesting because the inspired native chimes who led them up in the Kalgoorlie Cup and finished a fighting third is in the race also. So uh, I wonder who's going to find the top here, Terry? Uh, Buster Bash, I okay. think. I reckon that they found the top with Native Chimes because uh, they drew the wire. They drew out and that's just how it all panned out. Mm-hmm. Similar to the Carnarvon Cup to some degree. Um they, yeah, they were just drawn sticky, so came across, and that's how it worked out. Look, I, I don't reckon Native Times will want to park on Buster Bash the entirety. It might pop to the breeze, but I think I think that Brandon will be show some intent with Buster Bash to get across. I think Kira will just let him go. Probably, probably happy to to land outside or, or stalk, um, depending how happy Native Chimes is to settle. That's what I was going to say before, sorry. Mm-hmm. Native Chimes in the past for Paige Kenny wasn't the best settler, but it looks a bit of a different horse for Darren Pateman. So um, very interesting. Uh, worth noting, Lucy Warwick is off try for us. And Peter Nucky, let me just double check that. Peter Nucky has gone on on board try for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks ready It looks ready to win, but yep. the, the, 20, the 28 days between runs is a big red flag for me. Their Crescent City, I like back to the 1800. Don't think it's a true stayer. I think they should be looking probably at mile races even rather Blink, than 18. Blinkers on. 
blinkers on, but uh, I'm just going to take luck out of the equation. I've marked I marked Buster Bash two dollars ninety here, BJ. Uh, I think they can cross find the top, and I think it's the simplistic way to go, and I think it's the obvious way to go. Uh, two goes over past a mile have been two of its best wins, I reckon. Um, no issue with the firmer deck. No wish. No issue with Ascot. I've got it crossing and finding the fence. It's going to be in front a long way. It's going to be about four bucks. It's just an easy bet for me. I, I could get beaten by Try for Us who's off 28 days. I could get beaten by Crescent City, who's got a non-winner's tag. Mm-hmm. Native Chimes uh, is the next in line in the market. And if it beats me, so be it. It's coming out of um, dirt racing and a, a dubious Kalgoorlie Cup form line where if you're on speed, you're dominated. So uh, Buster Bash for me. I'm just going to go for the leader at Ascot early in the day. Yeah, Buster Bash uh, makes perfect sense. Uh, third to MTA and Eor Way is in the last. The get out stakes there at Ascot last Saturday. Quick back up. And the big, the it was, big thing it was, about it was that a race. gap between runs there, wasn't it? A, a gap two. between runs yeah. and B, not suited back to 1400 yeah. whatsoever. And yeah. it was a super effort. Those two horses are beat at home. It's, yeah, it's a good, it's a really good run. It was a good race too, like depth yeah. wise. So for him to be unsuited at 14, offer, offer let up. I mm-hmm. guess you'd call it. Um, then quick back up, 1,800, uh, finds the front, rolls along uh, early at uh, Ascot on a Saturday. He's the one to beat. He's the one to catch. Stable mate, Rationale. Um, Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if it wins, it can, Ascot can, they can end Ascot season now. <laughs> I, I had an absolute launch. Every fluctuation, I reckon, 26 is down to about eight. And yep. Paul Harvey, the worst part was he gave it an absolute 20 out of 10. Yeah. I at least want to be able to blame someone when I lose. Who was I going to blame? <laughs> All I could do was look in a mirror. Very <laughs> me. Could we blame the Belmont, uh, the gluey Belmont track? Yeah, on that definitely occasion? Belmont. Yeah, yeah. we'll blame Potsy. Yeah. Potsy, put, Potsy did something wrong. <laughs> So uh, no, no forgiveness from the guru when it comes to rationality. All about the stable, nah. mate. Buster Bash, Brandon Louis on board in the Jade Canaan Handicap. Rats oh, race oh. three of the day. Race four is the Conquer Cystic Fibrosis Handicap over 1,000 metres. It's a, it's a graduation 60-plus um, event. Bit of speed here, Terry. Um, three-odd street parade. Started favouring, got rolled first up when resuming at uh, Belmont Park. That was 21 days ago. Um, another uh, horse resuming here is Lex- Lexington City, who's won uh, two from four for, from the Simon A. Miller Yard. And I didn't mind the run of our wind spirit in a better race uh, last at the opening of Ascot meeting last Saturday. What are your thoughts on uh, on this race? Of course, the Conquer Cystic Fibrosis Handicap. Down the bottom here, my bad. The uh, One of the favourites here is Laced Up Heels, who was one of the eye catchers in the three-year-old classic last Saturday behind Snow Dome for LK Fernie. Yeah, I've got the top three in this market, uh, all $6 or less. And then I've got the fourth favourite, about $10 million to one. So mm-hmm. I'm uh, very much focusing on three horses here. Laced up heels uh, is the way I want to be going. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it'll be market dependent. Not much between it and Lexington City in my market. But laced up heels was held up the entirety on debut. Uh, I know Luke's always had a, a big opinion of this three-year-old as well. And yeah. it was held up the entirety on debut. Sat deep when winning a Northern Maiden. Very impressive. And what I liked about that as well, she actually showed the ability to jump pretty cleanly out the gates. Um, she then obviously and, yeah, was, held a spot too, didn't she? So, yeah, yeah. Well, she just sat, yeah, she yeah. sat deep, but she just, cause she missed the kick badly uh, in the trial. And then first up, she was back last as well. So uh, it was nice to see that Jade snagged her in the three-year-old classic, which was understandable with the speed and the race. Um, 
and she was huge. She ran the quickest last two of the event. She was held up for a portion of the straight. Uh, she couldn't have done any more. Um, it's funny. She's in a 60 plus, but she's actually well out of her grade mm. because she's a 58 rider and she could have got another five points. But I think she w- wins races like this very comfortably and she's a, effectively would be a 70 rider and if, if that makes any sense. So even though she's not well weighted, I think for her ability, she's well weighted, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, BJ. Yeah. Um, so look, the, the two ways I was looking at this is Lengths the City leads, didn't wear blinkers in its trial, which I thought was uh, a really nice trial. you got Street Parade and the Breeze. The thing with Street Parade and the Breeze is that you've got the Apprentice on it and maybe Taj will put a bit of pressure on Lexington City early, mm-hmm. as the Apprentices can do. Um, so I, I didn't know if there was much between those two. So it was either back one of those two or look for the other point of difference in the race, which was laced up, up here was to hopefully park not too far from them and come at them late. So I think that's the way I want to attack this. So, uh, pretty keen to be on laced up heels here, but, um, yeah, mindful of, of Lexington city and, and to a slightly lesser degree street pride. Okay, yeah, laced laced up heels was her, and I guess top of the pops were the uh, the real yeah. outstanding runs in the three old classic behind the winner, of course, uh, last Saturday. I think Jade actually got time um, uh, moving moving uh, shifting outwards that led to interference of one cool gal in the straight, but she mustn't start her time until after this weekend because she's riding Klondike Kenny all the way down from Carnarvon. But, um, yeah, from four, I think if, if Brad can, Brad Parnham, that is, if he can begin cleanly and, and land somewhere in the first four or five in transit, one off the fence, um, yeah, it looks like, looks like a terrific setup because the speed's going to be genuine and uh, this three-odd filly can just lob along behind them, I, heel and get the last crack at him. <clears throat> I don't – it should be genuine, but if Street Parade isn't as attacking as I think, it won't be. That's yep. the thing because there's no other real speed. I, I don't know if Lace gets anywhere. I don't yeah. know if that gets anywhere near him. I don't know. Feels my like, worry feels like is three wide, no cover attacking. It does. My, my worry for laced up heels is the three horses underneath it. Um, I still, this is the horse I'm going to be on still, but I'm just giving you my reservations yeah. are three horses, Al Capone, Klondike, and our wind spirit who can kick up to that sort of spot it wants. And then it ends up on the back of a, um, yeah, it ends up on the back of a horse like Al Capone. I don't know how deep that takes us into the race. Sorry, mm. Lockie. So um, that's my worry. But in, in saying that races, um, yeah, that's not necessarily how it'll pan out. And if all Brad needs to do is just get some cover and get it out and let her wind up for 300 metres and she just might have the motor to get past him. Yeah, yeah. The um, I, I really like the effort of our wind spirit last Saturday, but he's gone the quick back out rising to 61 and a half. I just, mate, um, some of Lindsay Smith's placement on this card is, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I just don't get it. Like you got a horse first up for four months and he's going to back it up off seven days um, as a sprinter. Like I find that just really really it's odd vintage Lindsay Smith this stuff Guru so uh, when he first burst onto the scene this was the these were some of the things that he was doing but uh, mm. um, but yeah nice run uh, just behind him uh, didn't have a lot of luck beating a length behind Riverbow last Saturday but does climb up to 61 and a half and it's got to give a, uh, a sharp three year old in the form of laced up heels what seven and a half kilos and even even street parade is going to get in with 53 and a half thanks to thanks to Taj's mm. claim so eight kilos uh, swinging the weights there between the toppy and street parade who I, I just thought just it wasn't a very efficient ride on street parade bad, bad ride street parade the other day i think uh lacta just need to ride him um like aggressively, like, like aggressively find the front um 
and then and control the race from there. But he allowed himself to get spooked a little bit by some of the um, pressure from the two Parnham runners on that occasion, and a bit of a stop-start sort of ride, and it didn't didn't really suit Street Parade at all. But I, I'm tipping, I'm not I'm not quite ready to jump off the Street Parade bandwagon just yet. I think he can he can roll forward, Taja on board, be a bit more aggressive, and I think that'll suit the way that this horse likes to likes to perform. If that's not your trifecta in uh, in one order or another, I'd be very surprised. That's probably, to be honest, you're probably going to get sort of $8 your money if you box those three. Cost $6 to box in America, I'll pay 50 bucks a trifecta. So that's probably not a bad little play for the Lexington race, City Street Parade, Laced Up Heels. Laced Up Heels, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep, I've got, I've got them panels the rest. So. All right, let's take a break, Terry, because it is mastermind time. All right, BJ, I'm very excited about this week's semi-final and it's time for this week's Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. Who's going to join Michael Heaton for <laughs> Zip in the final, BJ? The Media Mogul Tournament semi-final number two. We'll bring them in shortly. Shout out to our sponsors, the Mundaring Hotel, Heart of the Hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. Beautiful weather on the horizon here in Perth, Western Australia. Get up there and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor. Feed, flutter, Froffies out there on the big deck and uh, soak up the sunshine. Let him know you listen to the one one, of course. Yes, we've got uh, a big semi final coming up here between Brittany Taylor and Jay Rooney. Jay, of course, is uh, on the Mount Rushmore of uh, the uh, Mastermind competition. He's um, him and Toby Dunn are up there in illustrious company for five straight victories. Brittany Taylor will be coming in to try to knock him off, secure her spot in the final and try to win the first Friss award for the uh, media mogul tournament. Let's bring them in. Brittany Taylor, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Uh, you must be excited. Firstly, you, this is a bit of a free hit because you've made it a little bit uh, further than your uh, your brother. So that's uh, that's job number one done. <laughs> that is true. Although I feel like everybody has already written me off, and uh, I must say I couldn't have been picked up any more with my appointment. <laughs> nah, you, you did. You, you copped the rough end of the barrier job. But in saying that, did you really want to run into Michael Heaton last week? That was like a. No. It was a freight train. It was an exhibition. It does give me confidence because obviously Scotty went into that matchup as favourite and I'm just reminding myself that sometimes favourites can get rolled and if the 1-1 one, one podcast wasn't able to win the uh, 2021 <laughs> Media Award, that anything can happen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Scotty, Scotty already had uh, shirts made up as well, apparently, for his win last week. So, uh, as, as did as did we. So, but at least, uh, I am the, the Brits in this situation. <laughs> The, the, the key thing is, and the thing to remember is, as long as Dig Deep won the two-year-old year, that's all that really matters to me. So. <laughs> we've, we've got there has a, been some upsets. There has been some upsets. Been Brittany's some upsets, making a very yeah. good case for herself at the moment. Yeah. She? So, yeah. um, <laughs> She's basically declaring herself. Just, just wins, Britt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring him in too. Mr. Mastermind, Jay Rooney from the West Australian. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. Good to be back on. Uh, yeah, what I want to see today, Jay, for the sake of the battle, is I think last week when Embry went 2-0 down, he sort of, uh, I don't know, it, it's a different kettle of fish when you're chasing. And I don't know how many times you've been behind and and uh, the leader's been a couple of lengths in front. So that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, I'm expecting you to dig 
deep uh, if that uh, if that does uh, if that does occur. But uh, how are the confidence levels? You must think this is going to just be easy. No, no. Well, Brit's no slouch, that's for sure. So, uh, and, and she is declaring herself. So I'll let her take that, and I'll, <laughs> I'll go in the underdog. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Uh, very good. So Jay uh, and Brittany are both super experienced when it comes to the mastermind and they know how to play because your names are your buzzers to be crowned this week's mastermind and win your way through to the grand final. You'll need to be the first person to answer four questions correctly. Terry. Okay. Uh, Jay Rooney, are you ready? Yep, let's do it. Brittany Taylor, are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> I could do better than that, couldn't I? Three, two, one. Who am I? Uh, I'm not certain if this horse is retired or not, but I have not raced since August of 2021. I was once touted as a future star of WA racing, but never really hit those heights. I won on debut. In June 2019, with Lee Newman in the saddle, before instantly spelling and coming back first up in the 2019 WA Guineas. While I was not overly competitive in that race, I was part of a minor in-race controversy involving Steve Parnham and his mount. I ran second in the Rangeview Stud Classic at start number four in Bunbury, the first of four four black type seconds in my career. The others being the 2021 Detonator, the 2021 Bunbury Cup and the 2021 Blue Spec Stakes. I never won a listed race. I won four on the- Jay. Montalina. He's done it. <laughs> he has done it. He has very, uh, I was very trying good. To think the whole time I'm going War Saint, War Saint. What's the horse that interfered with War Saint? And I couldn't think of its name. Yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> Steve, me. Stevie wasn't impressed with. Uh, I reckon with, oh. with, with banjo post race. Put it that way. <clears throat> I reckon mm. you would have got the next clue too, Brett. I was named after a famous chateau in the Napa Valley which I'm sure my no. trainer, Darren McCaller, would have loved to visit at some point. I am Montalina. <laughs> Jay okay. Rooney won. Brittany Taylor yet to score. All right. We've done this before, so we know how this next segment works. Who was the last jockey to win a board? No dice. Jay. 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 Paddy Carberry. Uh, no, it was actually short. No, actually, sorry, it was Paddy Carberry. So, <laughs> sorry, I saw that photo yesterday. Uh, it was Paddy Carberry. All right, first to two points for a point. So it's one nil to Jay. Who was the last jockey to win aboard Platoon? Brittany. Brit. Brittany. Brit Farnham. It was, was Chris Chrissy Parnham. Parnham. Yeah. Back over 1,200 metres. Was it the Cyril Flower? Um, Cyril. might have been the Cyril, Cyril yeah. I think it might have been the Cyril Flower. All right. Here it is. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Who was the last jockey to win aboard Pure Devotion? Brittany. Brit. Brittany. William Pye. Oh, oh bang on the board. Yeah. What did I say? Jay was one nil in front, chased him down, grabbed him on the line. It was, uh, it was William Pike. 
um, in the no, it was just a seventy-eight plus actually. I think so. I reckon it might have uh, been over to you, BJ. Did, did it beat Black Shadow that day? I think it might have actually. Ah, uh, yeah, it might have done. Anyway, uh, the score is one all. Okay, name the horse that will compete in a fourth straight Crawford Stakes on Saturday. Jay. Jay. Ooh, Indian Pacific? Incorrect. Brit for the steel. Oh, Stage Man? Oh, oh Stage oh, Man. Stage Man. That is correct. Stage Man. My, my guess was Mervyn. That was a good, that's a really good question, BJ. I like that one. Back from uh, back from Victoria, from a stint of Danny O'Brien, he's lining up in his fourth Crawford on Saturday is Stage Man. Okay, 2-1 to Brit. Name the trainer that won both the Crawford Stakes and the... Jay. Ooh. How do you even know what the question's going to be? Jay. <laughs> Danny Morton. How? Oh. <laughs> How? You've probably written a story about it, have you, Jay? Have you, Jay? That, uh, was, that was several. No, what I year were you talking? I remember that, Jay. What is the question? <laughs> The question, the question was, name the trainer that won both the Crawford Stakes and now Eurythmic Stakes on the same day in 2018. It was, of course, Dan Morton. 2018? With Dainty in Test. 2018. How do, you, how do you ping that one early? Dainty Test. Have a look behind you, BJ. Have a look behind you. I reckon Jay's standing there. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, Jay. He's in the roof. Yeah. All right. 2-2. Two, two. So, yeah, Dainty Test and Man Booker. Big day for Morton Racing Stables back in Jesus 2018. Christ. Um, all right. Next question. Who has ridden two of the last three now? Jay. Mitchell Payton. Oh, correct. What? What's going on? What is the question? How are you doing? What is going Who on? has ridden two of the last three <laughs> Eurythmic Stakes winners? Mitchell Payton. He won on uh, Velvet King. And Tax Agano, um, and he will, of course, saddle, I didn't even hear you start up. the question. <laughs> he will saddle up. This will test you in the Crawford as a trainer on Saturday. All right. What's the score? 3 2. Jay Rooney. Bang, bang. All right. This is for the win. On Crawford Stakes Day last year, Brad Rawwilla won on two outstanding sprinters. Elite Street was one. The other, is now tra- is trained by Lindsay Smith and has since gone on to win at Flemington. Brittany? Britt. I actually have no idea. I'm thinking the first Lindsay Smith was in the boat. Incorrect. <laughs> Jay. Triple missile. Three. Triple missile uh, is the answer. He's done it. Four, two. Jay Rooney survives a massive scare in the semi-final and he's won his way through to the through to next week's grand final, the tournament, Media Mogul Tournament grand final against Michael Hayden. Congratulations again, Jay. Too good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for, uh, yeah, well, I look forward to taking on the, the Heaton next week. See if I can uh, do a bit of a better job than Scotty did. <laughs> Hey Britt, what have you what have you just what have you just caught there? There were two questions. I reckon there was about four four words said out of probably a thirty word question, and uh, I, I can't understand how he's got there. It was in two thousand and eighteen. You've asked, and he didn't even get to the year of what he said. That's just I didn't even get to the second that, race, mate. There's a there's a reason he's there's a reason he's Floyd Mayweather of the Mastermind, <laughs> isn't there? I didn't stand a chance. 
Yeah, you did really well though, Brick. You actually, you, you actually didn't if really. You, if you, it's, if it's you grab impossible. that triple missile question, we go to a decider too. So, un- yeah. Oh, just rub it in, Jay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you were that close. But, Jay, congrats, mate. You threw again. Another $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. And Brittany, uh, gallant uh, in the semi final. And thanks again for playing along. Well, thank you. Well done, Jay. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> thanks, uh, guys. thanks guys speak to you soon bit of a slugfest there in the semi-final number two guru yeah it certainly was certainly was that's um yeah it's a late i think jay's obviously does his research about the feature races and um and he was just very quick onto it he all, i think he always guesses the question yeah he read, he read, read out read my mind i think yeah some of those he, yeah he certainly did so um yeah, no, good. That's just, yeah, that's late. So good luck, Michael, next week. <laughs> yeah, so Michael Heaton and uh, Jay Rooney will be playing off for the uh, for the champion of the Media Mogul Tournament, sponsored by our great friends up there at the Mundaring Hotel. And once again, um, if you want to enjoy this magnificent weather, uh, head up to the heart of the hills this weekend, uh, check it out, and make sure you say g'day to the great man in Butchie O'Connor. Okay, punters, we are back with race five, the Project Building Supplies Handicap. This is a mile graduation, 60 plus on the handicappers scale. Uh, at the moment, with the uh, running off the uh, the Bradbet markets, the number three strike now with Brad Willer and Jason Miller is the $4.80 favourite, but it's wide open because um, Lindsay Smith, who we just spoke about in the in race four preview, has got Mystery Island on the quick back up at 5.50, and there's uh, horses like Mrs. America, powerful, no change, all... Uh, George Gently, even all single figures currently, and let's not forget Yemen Lass. Let's, on the not, let's not forget. I agree. TK, let's, let's not forget. TK Leighton um, Enterprises is uh, a $7 chance after a dominant performance at York last start. And the lads are all out at the track. Well, I think they're all out at the track. I'm. Yeah, I'm still waiting to hear back from Adam, but I think we've got all the, we, what we wanted. Lemon, Yemen Lass, mm-hmm. I've always had a good opinion of Yemen Lass. You know that, BJ. Yeah. She's, she does a lot wrong. There's a reason. She's had 13 starts. She's won three of them, and she's probably run last eight times on top of that because she's um, – yeah, she's got a few little few little quirks, does old uh, Yemen Lass. Is, it, Luke, is a bit of the, um, uh, what's his name? Old Duck No Dinner for Yemen exactly Lass. Right. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Shout, out to, uh, shout out to Ed Langdon, yeah. Luke, Luke messaged me on Monday and said, I'm thinking about doing something silly and nominating Yemen. If we had a weak race and we find the fence and we may as well go to the mile because if it was, we, we'd prefer this to be over 1,400 okay. every day of the week, even 1,300. But um, yeah, when we saw when I saw the nominations and the fact she's big chance of finding the rail, you, I just thought, you we've probably got to have a go here, don't we? It's, it's an incredibly weak race. Uh, yes. It's an incredibly weak mile, so I'm absolutely tickled pink with that. To be honest with you, so my my thing with the Yemen is I don't think she'll run out the mile. But what a time to find out! We yeah. get in with 54. I reckon she's quick enough to cross no change. Who doesn't muster that quickly early? Yep. Uh, powerful probably comes across to the breeze, um, and and she's going as well as she ever has been. So if we're ever going to find out if she does one a little bit further, this is exactly the situation. And um, I I don't think she's impossible. And I tell you what, if we can get her up, these lads on course, there'll be some celebrations occurring from there on. I, I reckon there'll be a little Twitter bar tab put on somewhere throughout the evening. I reckon I'll be giving it'll be that type of setup. If Yemen wins, who pushes Luke Fernie out the way to, to do the post-race interview? 
I don't think anyone pushes Luke for anyway. <laughs> let's be fair. Um, yeah, he commands a bit too much, bit too much respect than that. But uh, uh, no, I want to, I want to hear him drop as many cliches as possible. <laughs> that's what I'd be, that's what I'd be hoping for. So, uh, look, I, I, yeah, I love the setup for us, but I, I don't think, I don't think Yemen will run out a uh, a strong mile. That's my gut. But in saying that, I look at her run mm. three starts back over the twelve hundred deep. Uh, she was probably the run of the race alongside horses like All Metal, Cold Chisel, uh, Henchard. Um, Ace Fire, they've all come out to win to win races since. Um, even that 1,400 metre race two starts ago, she laid in so badly, but you watch her final 50, she wanted to keep on coming. So, um, yeah, mass, massive watch on her if she's able to, to run, roll, and, and dictate on a firmer ascot. Has, has to lead. Holly Holly Watson on board. Yeah, Fame she'll be instructed to, def- to, be, to definitely lead. Has, she'll be instructed has to, to lead. And then uh, we'll give some cheek, I think, Terry, because there's not a lot that's going to be able to – Run her down, really? Um, how many? Have, how many have as big a heart as she does? <laughs> That's one thing in the form guide. It says sort of distance track, soft track, good track. It doesn't say heart size though. It's right. And I really, I really think that needs to be uh, to be looked at. It needs to be factored in for sure. She's got a tiny one. <laughs> um, like like a lot of its owners. <laughs> what, can, what can what can beat you, Terry? Uh, I, I marks powerful and no change favourites, yeah. but I, I when doing this market, I just said I like what, like what is going on? It was a great market just to be like I just don't really care. I'm going to bet it's known of this race, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. So I was about seven dollars seventy yen and less. Um, I marked powerful no change favourites, but very long priced favourites. Uh, I just thought that was the probably the best form reference. They're going to race on speed. Happy to take on strike now from last. It's I think it's just a battler that's starting under the odds every start. Mystery Island off seven days back to 1600 for a horse that has won over 2700. Like that's <laughs> random. Like it's, it's like you're saying the horse isn't a stayer. It is, it is a stayer. So it can win because of the class of the race. If you want to find even crazier placement, Stylax is yep. off seven days, 1800 back to 1600. Um, second up, like again, it can win because the race is that thin, but what, what's going on? Mm. Like, what, what do you make of that? You just, for me, I just take them on and if they win, you go, well, you're a hero. So, and then you got George Gently, who'll be back last. Honorfic, I don't think Honorfic's impossible. It's flying up on the dirt. That tells you a bit about the race. And then I think Durant's pair are um, absolute battlers. So, there's just nothing here. Mm. There's nothing in it. If she gets a mile, she'll win. I agree. I agree. Uh, I'll have something on Yemen. I'm definitely going to be having something on No Change, who was at the top of my market. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought he's uh, he's been racing really consistently all preparation he just kept coming at Kalgoorlie underneath uh, Kishore um, last start just behind powerful there but with the run he's likely to enjoy no change I think he's going to be in the right spot and um, racing well and that was the way that I was sort of leaning I had no change on top but I'll be having something on both no change and Yemen less you a bit surprised by the current market with no change down in sort of equal fourth favorite yeah yeah I am actually it looks a bit of a bit of a wild one no, see even and it's that's just not picking on Brad's market. I go to 365 and it's even longer uh, with Bradley. So very, very, very interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. Very nice. It's a good race to own one in this okay. week, isn't it? Uh, so, I, think, I think she'll lead kick and give you a, a really good sight. So um, if she's in front of the post, I'll tell you what. Yeah, this might be our last podcast. It's just, <laughs> no, Mate, I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> if you survive the Kalgoorlie round, I think you'll be <laughs> right. <laughs> Race six is the ballpoint construction handicap. Um, what do we got here, Terry? We've got a ratings 66-plus event over the 1,200 metres. Um, 
Interesting. Look, just looking at the top weight here, Pims Royale having its first start mm-hmm. for Graham Ayres. Just having a bit of a change of scenery there is the, uh, the old champ, Pims Royale. So <laughs> the favourite is uh, <laughs> the rock. <laughs> The favourite is, uh, swear to God, a uh, very talented three-year-old taking on the older horses, Lacta Romilly and uh, Russell Stewart, currently 275, Brad Bett. Um, looks like the only other horse under single figures here is Reign of Fire, Geordie Turner and Colin Webster. So the market really opens up after the three-year-old, swear to God, who, um, who has form lines through all show, running second to all show, and that filly, of course, started favourite and was probably a, a very, um, probably a good thing to be in the Thrill Classic last Saturday. Swear to God, Lacta, Russell Stewart, will we be getting any of yours, Mr. Layton? Yeah, as long as the price is there, it will. I've, I've got no other runner under 10 bucks, so uh, I might Groundbreaker, who I think is really progressive, actually, is my second favourite. Um, that's coming out of that really good trial with Mr. Cover and Bustler. Uh, mm-hmm. It's sort of sandwiched those two, so... Uh, yeah, I've got it and Rain of Fire sort of on the second line and a pretty distant second line as well, to be honest with you. So, yeah, swear to God, I think is one of your two really good bets for the day. Um, I've marked it a flat even money. Um, obviously, the, the barrier is a slight worry, but I sort of think it can sit deep and still win if it has to. Yeah. But because all the speed's drawn outside of it, I'd like to see a semi-aggressive Lactar early, follow that speed across, tuck in on it, and there should be there should be gaps um, because you've got Hibiscus Lady, you've got... Agent, Agent J, J and could be a bit of one one action for and just anywhere, just happy on speed, mm-hmm. um, safe horse. I think it's got these covered by um, by panels because I think the all show forms anything. So I really like this horse, swear to God, as a mm. prospect. I think Rusty's got himself a really, really nice one here. Um, just ran into all show breathing fire first up, margin back to third as well. Um, second up. Back to Ascot. I, I think I think there is an opportunity for Lactar to drop in in the one one. Just just slot yeah. him in there, and um, it doesn't even have to be one. Just just wherever, forward. just go forward, forward follow yeah. him all across, and just 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 wherever he gets in. And um, yeah, this just needs to be a simplistic ride. I think those leaders stop on you. Um, yeah, you're the, you're the best horse. You're waited to win. You just got to. Uh, find a spot. Yeah, there'll be plenty rat- rattling home from back, um, but I, I can't see, can't see. Swear to God, landing on speed and anything, um, and with even like anything really getting over the top of it, down on fifty-five kgs. So um, <laughs> looks look, looks well, well placed actually by Russell Stewart, and using this as a stepping stone to some features, no doubt. So swear to God for me as well. Yep, very what, confident. Just one question: What price you got Ace Fire? No, no, no. Didn't price it. Oh, I did. I priced them all. Uh, sixty-one dollars. Okay. All right. I was on last start, and it was heartbreaking. Three twenty into two forty, and uh, tried to find gaps at York. You don't try and find gaps at York. <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> number one rule of York Club is don't find gaps at York Club. No gaps. All right, sellies. <laughs> Witten's Irrigation and Design—they're the irrigators of choice for the West Australian racing industry. Owner-operator Craig Witten has extensive experience working on racetracks across this great state especially in his role as irrigation technician on the hallowed turf at Ascot and Belmont Park. Craig and his team also specialise in designing and delivering projects for commercial thoroughbred and standardbred racing properties. Check out Witten's Irrigation and Design on Instagram and Facebook and get in touch with Craig. So whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. Uh, race 7, the first of our features is the Furphy RS Crawford Stakes listed over the 1,000 metres set weights and penalties. I think 
this I think every horse that nominated for this race has accepted, Terry. It's a uh, full horse, full, yeah. full 16 horse field. It's a fair old horse race. Mm. I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I got, uh, I got someone to back this little test you for me, uh, this morning. And now Lucy Warwick's off and I'm, I'm a little bit disgruntled because there's, there's a dearth of available jockeys and, um, not saying whoever goes on can't win on it, but whoever goes on probably means the price drifts a little bit. So uh, that hasn't been a, a good start to my punting car. It's only also back so far. Um, but uh, this is a cracker, BJ. Uh, just, was just, there any? Th- just one, Sarah. I just Sorry. wanted to just to give the listeners a bit of a feel for the race. Uh, these are the recent winners: Elite Street, Indian Pacific, Fabergino, Dainty Tess, Volkov, Malibu Style and Shidel, Shining Knight and Magnificio. There's some big names there. Mm. Shidel, I think, went over to win a Group 1 in Melbourne. She might have won an Oakley Plate. Danny Tess won group races in South Australia. Fabergino, of course, we know all about her. Indian Pacific second in a, a new market down the straight uh, six at Flemington. And uh, Magnificio, of course, went on from this race, I believe, and to win a Winterbottom Stakes. So, um, been a traditionally really, really good uh, good race over the years and a good pointer to uh, to what's to come. Pointer. 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 Um, yeah, look, you run this race 10 times, you get five different results, I reckon. It's, uh, it's going to come down to luck. It's going to come down to settling positions. Yeah, it's going to come down to... Good rides and luck, I'd say, mostly. Uh, Miss Kentucky will probably start your favourite, and I think she deserves to start favourite. But from barrier one, you're going to be four back of the fence. It's going to need some steer, this. Oh, some it's going to need some steer. And I've, I've allowed for that in my price. Mm-hmm. Like, if if she draws eight, I'd probably mark her 320 three bucks maybe. But she's drawn one, so I've marked her about $5. Um yeah, it's just such a hard steer. It's just such a difficult steer, and it's usually Chrissy Parnham as well. So this isn't Paddy Carver's normal ride, but he's obviously got the pick of the Simon Miller um, trio, or has he got four? No, four, the pick of his four. quartet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I just think, yeah, understand Miss Kentucky. She makes a lot of sense. Great trial behind Snowdome. Uh, blinkers weren't on, they are now. But, uh, yeah, so much luck's required. So um, I'm really pricing for that luck, BJ. Um, yeah, I've sort of alluded to the horse that I liked uh, at the prices. Where did you Where I, did you map this will test you? Uh, so I, it all depends what they do on Will Chino. Yep. But I, I would think the best option for Will Chino would be you don't want to because she's not going to win a race for me. She's not going to win a race parking and out sprinting them. So the best option carrying the 54 and a half would be to say, just accept you're going to be three wide outside Indian Pacific on speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got 54 and a half. You're probably the best horse in this race um, and just see how you go from there. She's won three wide, no cover in the past. So I was hoping this will test you followed across Will Chino. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I was yeah. thinking. It had her back. Yeah. But yep. again, I'm, I'm wary. We could be deep. I'm wary. She might have to get further back than intended. Um, I price this race willing to back whatever came above my price. I wasn't, I wasn't set on backing any particular horse here. So, uh, but I'm sort of, I'm pretty long Will Chino. I, I can't see Will Chino winning it on map. And I price that accordingly. I think mm-hmm. I'm uh, $13 and I could have been longer. Will Chino. Um, I'm happy taking on Stageman on the comeback, even though I think it's the best performed horse in this race. Um, just the fly, but the flight back and, just not for me, stage man at the $6 mark. I'm sort of happy to to bet around stage man. Um, Nerodia, I think, can win the race. But mm. again, it probably won't get me that price. Amasinus, it might be a really good thing to draw barrier 14 here. Um, Stevie Parnock can follow the three wide line, get wide. 
And if you watch last year's winter bottom, I reckon this could be run like last year's winter bottom. Stacks of speed, Indian Pacific, Merv, and those type of horses stopping on them. And those horses out wide with clear air just get to let down like we saw... Uh, we saw outrageous run fifth, fourth or fifth in yep. the uh, in the winter bottom because that was the the moving line stage when ran second. Obviously, Graceful Girl won it. Um, Laverod so, was in the similar spot. Yeah, as well, yeah. exactly Grand right. Four. So it was just horses in that moving line that were were benefited. So uh, fascinating race. If Paddy Carvey pulls all the right reins, get all the luck, uh, makes everything work with Miss Kentucky, I think she'll probably win. Yes. But I, I'm going to price for that luck, and, and that means I'm probably not going to ever get a bet price Miss Kentucky. So waiting to see who goes on this or test you're looking at available jocks i presume it's going to be natasha faithful or jason brown mm-hmm. if lucy isn't riding um i think that's a loss a big loss i really liked lucy on the horse so i'm yeah I, I probably wouldn't have dove in um had i known that but in saying that still probably above my price so for the sake of a tip that's probably me and I, i'm nine dollars 30 pans down actually um mm. currently 17 18 thought the trial was great i don't think there's much between that big group of horses um, will okay. need luck, like Miss Kentucky will. But Miss Kentucky will be three fifty four bucks. Pans down will probably go around twenty five dollars. So um, just a couple of notes for the luck. A couple of notes in regards to Nero Dio. Pads are on their front feet. Um, Nero Dio gear, <sighs> gear change there, and the uh, first upper here, Zushan. Pad, pads are on. Pads are on. Sorry, yes. Did I say that? Ah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't know that. That was yeah. Just, well, forget, just, just, forget, forget it then. Just notation. Zushine, um, Sue Olive's first upper is uh, was previously trained by Tony and Calvin McAvoy. Um, so it's a East Coast import. Is this five year old mare um, trialed quite well behind Express Time and Amelia's Jewel? That was just on Monday, just gone, and now is uh, first up in the uh, in the Crawford on Saturday. So, um, but yeah, so this this horse has won a Group Three um, over the twelve hundred meters in Hobart is Zushan's claim to fame. So, uh, interesting first up there for me. I um I thought that on quality in Pacifics over the odds at the moment. I think he's going to roll roll oh. roll forward. Um, roll forward, going to probably. Tuck in, or we'll tuck in just behind or just um, outside of the leader there, Mervyn. And I think uh, I think the eighteen dollars and probably better on the day is not bad for a horse of his ilk. Back at Ascot, fresh first up. I think that's probably when we're going to see the best of him. I think that's uh, a good price. And I'm actually going to. If there's any tucking in, I don't think I don't. Nah, I can't see a tuck in. I don't see how that occurs. Just in the fact that there's so many other speed sort of horses. Um, in the race drawn underneath. Like, I, I can't see it getting across and then there being enough of a gap between Mervyn and the rest of the field to get cover. So Yeah, uh, well, he's, he's going to be tagging tagging Mervyn in, in run as he often does. Um, he's in in Pacific. Uh, the other horse who I who I think I'll probably be having something on is River Bow on the quick backup as well. I think he can he can run a race. He's probably just going to be parked in just behind the hot speed from gate seven uh, coming off a victory last Saturday. I think, uh, I think River Bow is probably going to be about $20 plus Betfair as well, so probably they're they're the two that I'd be leaning towards at a bit of value. I, I agree with you. I think Will Chino's super, probably the fastest horse in the race. Um, gate Gate sixteen is um, is means that she's going to have to be like vastly superior to these. And at four twenty, I think she probably needs to be better uh, price wise. So for me, Indian Pacific, I'll be having something on Indian Pacific and River Bow. Yeah, so I reckon I'll, if Indian Pacific wins, I'll just about give up the punter. I reckon. Really. Yeah. Well, you reckon he's gone? 
Hundred percent, yeah. I think he's gone. Yeah, even cool. if he's not gone, it's just the map, and I'm giving him every chance here, though. Bradley Neville, I'm helping you out here. I reckon mm. these type of bold statements usually end up backfiring. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just nowhere near it for me. I'm fifty to one um, in the Pacific. So wow, okay, great race. So BJ, as I said, great race. I, I doubt I'm going to back the winner. <laughs> yeah. So last year, the. Um the Crawford was Elite Street, Rock Magic, Stage Man, and Indian Pacific was a close-up fourth. So, yeah, it's good, good race. Good to see so many, um, so many class sprinters clashing, and uh, no one ducking and dodging. And there's a full field of sixteen to face the starters. Can't wait for that one. Okay, race eight is the Crown Perth Eurythmic Stakes, formerly known as the Northerly Stakes. We had a reshuffle of our race names um, at Ascot. This carnival, and now the um, this race is honouring the mighty Eurythmic, who's in the Australian Racing Hall of Fame. He won forty seven. He won thirty one of forty seven starts, um, and uh, raced in the uh, in the uh, early nineteen twenties. He won a Caulfield Cup, Sydney Cup, Perth Cup, WA Derby, three Caulfield Stakes, two Melbourne Stakes. He was an absolute champion in his day and um, yeah, was West Australia's first champion, really. And uh, he is being honoured with, um, I guess, the race, one of the races that really shapes the carnival in this 1,400-metre set weights and penalties contest. And um, we've actually attracted significant nominations for, for this round. We've got 14 to face the starter, uh, plenty of good horses engaged, and this, of course, will obviously be a pointer to some of the features to come. God has chosen is resuming the very exciting horse from the Lindsay Smith yard, won a Belmont sprint, um, defeating Red Can Man, um, got quite a hefty ratings penalty as a result, but he's heading towards the railway stakes. The Inform Resort Man bringing, uh, bringing fitness and winter form to this particular race. Massimo runs second in this race last year. Cup Knights had a couple of cracks at this race. And an interesting runner, of course, is last of the line uh, on the comeback, who was on the comeback trail for Stephen Miller earlier this year. And the $4, uh, $4 second favourite, or favourite rather, is Comfort Me, Peter Nucky and Reese Radford, who ran second in last year's Railway Stakes. Not a bad field to contest the first running of the Eurythmic Stakes. Terry? Yes. Good summation, BJ. You've done well. <laughs> um, yeah. The, uh, the, the $4 Comfort Me is interesting. Did, what, what price did you open, Brad Bet, Comfort Me? No, it wasn't Brad Bet. I think Brad gets uh, pinged often for this. So let's make sure we don't uh, don't always ping Brad. And don't get me wrong, one of my favourite pastimes, um, as you know, BJ, is uh, is pinging Brad. Um, but Brad was going to go up $3.30. He's told me that. I don't think you'd mind me sharing that. He I wasn't, was I wasn't pinging 30. Brad. No, it was just a general. Oh, I would I would have been. But yep. uh, anyway, green, green Tab have gone up $13, comfort me. Oh, so, what? Right. Yeah, so Green Tab have gone up $13, comfort me. Um, and uh, so basically that adjusts all the other markets. Like they're, they're sort of the one people follow. But that I think that lasted a matter of minutes. I um, unfortunately wasn't the beneficiary of any of that price. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you've, you've basically been out of that comfort me each way, which is uh, it's pretty wild, mm. <laughs> really, isn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah look, I, I, uh, I think that uh, this is your best bet of the day, just about, I reckon, comfort mm. me. Um, yeah, returned. The trials are great. Reese Radford said that 
He had a virus. Um, so I'm, I'm happy putting a line through that last prep, but this is, like, he's a, he's a proper racehorse. And because he's never won black type, he actually gets thrown in at set weights and penalties conditions. He's 101 C- rating. Compared to his um, handicappers rating. rating. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. He gets in on the minimum. Um, he was just so dominant. Uh, ran second in the railway. It's the only time Peter Nucky's ridden him in a race mm-hmm. as well. It was, it was probably the run. It was the ride of the railway to get yeah. him into the one, one from, from that particular gate. Uh, he's got tactical speed. The two quick horses outside of him. Excellent dream. Massimo come across. He should look to follow them across, land somewhere behind them. If he happens to land in the breeze or an extra pair back, or I'm not too perturbed. I think this is the best horse. I just want him happy in the run, landing in the first six. That can be in second. That can be in fourth. That can be in sixth. Um, and getting clear air at the top of the straight and let him down. Those couple of trials and what I've seen and what I believe in this horse, and I've been a massive fan of this horse, as you know, BJ, for a, a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's the one for me. I I can't understand that God has chosen his favourite over him off what we've seen at the trials, off the fact he's going to be a long way back, off the fact he's earned his weight, winning a um, an inferior Belmont Sprint when Comfort Me has got two and a half kilos less running second in a railway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're talking sort of Resort Man, who I, I actually think Resort Man was super in that recent trial after a little setback. Um, he was scratched. Was I, really like, scratch I really like Resort Man. I think he's the big danger to uh, Yeah, I to think I marked him. him. No, I did. I marked him third favourite. I've got Massimo, the forgotten horse, second favourite. I think yep. um, Massimo can just about cross. Depends what Luke and Holly want to do with Excellent Dream, but I think Massimo can just about cross. Um, it might make more sense, actually, for, for them to kick up with Excellent Dream. I thought it was like super on the Hannons. Um, but uh, Massimo added in front at set weights and penalties, like this is your this is the proper forgotten horse of the race. Like he's a like look at look at what he's done. Look at what he's been faced with barrier wise, speed map wise, and he comes into a race with not much speed. I know the barrier is ordinary. I know Brad Parnham's opted for last of the line, which has surprised me. Mm-hmm. That might be an affiliation with Stephen Miller potentially because he's riding a lot for him at the moment. Yep. Um, but I think Massimo is the massively forgotten horse. But my blinkers are on Comfort Me. I I, I just think Comfort Me could win this and could win this year's railway. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. The, the virus explains a few things, though, doesn't it? Like it, he trialed enormous leading into the um, mm-hmm. the Northern Stakes last year. And, and when you watch the Northern Stakes, it was just like, oh, that was, uh, yeah, kind of out of character. And then, then never fired a shot in the Roman Cup. Um, yeah, so that. I think that- I know why as well. Because I had way too much money in the Roman <laughs> Cup at, at a really big price. I was the only person not to back Elite Street in Australia. <laughs> uh, the amount of texts I got, oh, my God, $4 Elite Street. I said, how about you go and shove it up your <laughs> clack dog? There you go. Yeah, to, yeah. to me, it looks, looks like a, a race between Comfort Me and Resort Man. I'm just so impressed with what Michael Lane's been able to do with this, um, this six-year-old now. Uh, he won a Bolton, an Idyllic Prince, and a Farnley. Um What's it? Tw- uh, Thirty-five days between runs does have that that uh, excellent trial performance at Larkhill last Friday. He just looked like he was breathing fire behind Devoted. Brad Willer couldn't hold him slow enough. So if he gets if he gets daylight and gets a look at Comfort Me, he's going to make things very interesting late. Just the way that just the form he's in um, is resort man. But yeah, I think you've I think you've nailed this one, Terry. I think Comfort Me. He was uh, one of the most. Um, Exciting prospects heading into the railway last uh, last year after some dominant ratings race, very fast ratings race wins. Uh, run second to to Western Empire. Um, Fraser Radford's got him 
got him cherry right for this assignment. Look out. Looks like it's come for me's race. Uh, I'm, I'm like you. I'm surprised that um, God has chosen is uh, as firm as he is in the market. Uh, top horse, but I would imagine that Lindsay Smith will be building him up slowly towards a, a railway stakes because with his handicappers rating, he's already qualified. So he can just sort of um, just plot his way to a railway without having to worry about qualification. Um, so for me, it just looks like it's uh, comfort me. The big danger is Resort Man. Okay. And Resort Man ahead of Massimo? Um, marginally, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think if we're talking about Resort Man as a danger, I'm, I'm really even more confident with with Comfort Man. I just saw a notification come through as well, BJ. Taj Dyson's off one of his rides today because he couldn't make the 54 kilos. And mm. I think that um, Street Parade was on 53 and a half. 53 so. and a half, yeah. So just monitor that. He might not get the full claim, or he uh, he might be it might be someone else going on. That's uh, that is. is do, do we have to keep? Do we have to respect the Brad Parnham on last of the line call? Um, yeah, I res- definitely respect it. I've, I've marked it a little bit shorter than what it currently yeah, is. I, I yeah. think, but you have to understand, I'm I'm pretty aggressive with my marking of Comfort Me. So uh, actually, as aggressive as I am with Comfort Me, Massimo still overs yep. for me. Okay, um, I was two fifty Comfort Me. I was seven dollars thirty Massimo. So if it keeps wobbling, I, I probably get the opportunity to, to back and say. But I'm I'm eleven dollars. Got us chosen sixteen last of the line, and he's and just I've a got good horse. Pretty Massimo, big numbers. He? He's just a good horse. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, I, I yeah, he is. I, I would love Brad Park. I think it's the type of ride that Brad gets bang on as well. That front running, yeah. strong, but um, yeah, Black does no slouch himself. I, I backed last line in the northerly last year. Um, I think it was about a ten dollar chance, and then mm-hmm. uh, I think, he, and he, he wasn't sighted until June the, the June this year. Um, after that race, where he ran fourth to, to Star Trader, and then he then he carried sixty two kilos to beat Sluice Box and Star Trader over a mile at, at Belmont. Two trials, really like the way he hit the line behind Riverbow in that um, Lark Hill September twenty seventh trial. And Brad Parnham opting for last of the line. There could be a bit in that because Brad's certainly got his eye in at the moment. Certainly does. Yeah, he certainly does. Taking advantage of a few uh, a few absentees and riding a, a stack of winners. Sure is. All right. So, Terry, what time is it? Come for me. Come for, come me? for, me, come time. for me time. All right. It's come for me time. I'll still be collecting me come for me time by the time <laughs> the last is running. <laughs> Bloody uh, hell. Isn't it, it is. Sad day is going to be fill up, isn't it? you got uh, Halatorian, Yemen Lass. Oh, I don't know Halatorian will get any of my money. <laughs> Yemen, Lass, Yemen Lass probably will. I'd like it to drift a little bit. 10 bucks would be nice. 10, 15 bucks would be nice. Uh, but it is time for the. Yeah, it's a good race too. The mm. Get Out Stakes, S-T-E-A-K-S, BJ. Who's it proudly brought to us by? Market City Meats, of course. Largest retail of butcher course. shop in Perth, located in the Cannibale Markets, Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, who was uh, on course at the opening of Ascot last Saturday. Um, uh, good to see you out there. Timmy, he runs the show. Swing pass and say good day. Um, very good operators out there at Market City Meats. Best in the business, and Timmy will give you the red carpet treatment. Absolutely. So congratulations to our joint uh, winners last week. That was episode 44. Tim Jardine and Murray Coombs, um, uh, they uh, they both won themselves a gourmet beef package from Market City Meats. Now, to enter the Get Out Stakes, this is race nine at Ascot on Saturday. Send us a tweet at the11pod. Remember to at the11pod us, please, punters. A, the winner of the last at a decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred, and the Sam White rule can never, ever be forgotten. Terry? 
First in wins the stakes. Is that it? That's it. Even if you're wrong. That's right. Just as long as you're the first entrant for the way you get the wrong horse, wrong <laughs> as long as you're the first entrant, you, you, you win. Uh, saw Sam White actually uh, at the races on Saturday. They uh, it was it was good. Bumped into lots of lots of crew out there at Ascot on uh, Saturday. Yeah, so oh, it's a good bunch. All right, race nine is the Quokka slot applications closed the 26th of October handicap. Does the one one going to get their own slot in the Quokka? Guru, so I thought we'd already got one. Yeah. I've lodged the paperwork before October mm. 26. you got to get in for the Quokka $4 million slot race next April 15. So um, the Get Out Stakes, race nine, this is a belter to finish the day, Terry. Um, got some real quality horses going around, including uh, the horse that will carry the number set, number two saddlecloth, Devoted, one of the fancies for the railway stakes, Taj Dyson, Michael Grantham, currently $2.10 favourite. All the rage, but you've got to respect horses the calibre of tricks of the trade. Uh, Billy Ray wearing the same colours as Devoted. He's uh, he's back in action with Adam Durant. Good, good race to finish the day. Um, did you get close to that kind of price with Devoted in your market, Terry, or are you a bit longer? No, I'm flat even money, yeah. um, but I, I'm sort of – with Taj, hasn't been riding much lately. I I, I think he'll be able to – this is a jump uh, on speed sort of horse. He'll be able yeah. to land in fourth, fifth type thing. I think he'll get the job done. I think, I think me, Taj has had back-to-back-to-back to back to back to suspensions, I think, hasn't he? So yeah. He hasn't been riding yeah. To me, it's um, – yeah, it's a show of faith in a really – prized asset i think as well i would have yeah if you're desperate for an apprentice it should be holly watson i'd suggest or um even cash potentially uh but yeah i don't know it's just wild to me they're going i just carry the 60 and a half and put on um and put a senior on to, mm. to be honest with you um yeah what wild stuff with your railway stokes favorite we're going to chuck an apprentice on first up i just <laughs> think it's it's just not it's just not smart so but yeah i think it'll win i think it's uh i think it's a superstar devoted i think it raced tractably it's, it's probably the perfect apprentice horse in all fairness it races yeah. tractably it settles nicely and it has a great turn of foot um Gee, a, bit of trials- pre- a bit of pressure on the Taj too as well wasn't it last race of the day is, yeah every Certainly every man his dog will be watching two dollar yeah favorite. they're set on their apprentices aren't they i, I don't yeah they're set on their apprentices i, I don't quite get it personally, well, but, well um, tricks, of, tricks of the trade devoted and son of bacchus uh, were all entered for the rhythmic stakes as well and they've opted to um to go for the ratings option which makes sense because the the rhythmic is a set weights yeah, and penalties race and if you happen to win that as a tricks of the trade devoted or son of backers who rate they all rate mid 80s then you um, if you're knocking off a horse like massimo or god has chosen who both rate in the mid 100s um or then um you run the risk of getting a significant ratings penalty prior to the railway stakes. So the smart option is to go ratings race, then Asian bow and maybe Peters into a railway if you have to. So, which is why your devoteds and your tricks of the trades have opted to, to go back to this tricks of the trade. Colin Webster, they've just stuck with uh, regular rider, Troy Turner to carry the 61. Whereas the uh, Bob Peters and Michael Grantham have, have um, shown a massive amount of faith here in Taj Dyson to claim, take three off devoteds back first up. Um, yeah. Just trying to think the um, how the race is going, this is going to shape out. We've got speed from Mr. Delegator, Creator. Uh, the Great One might even push forward. Could be three wide, no cover for the Great One. Pat's got Sass sort of started rolling forward a bit more often. Um, last prep, 
Brooklyn Pier rolled forward. I thought Saleo was pretty good in the Hannons the other day. Uh, didn't get a lot of luck. Um, she might be heading back. It's one in. of one of several that probably could have claims to have. Maybe they should have won it. Yeah. So she might be heading in a back in a real positive direction. So if this is a three wide train, um, yeah, Taj is just going to have to. <laughs> Taj is just going to have to be switched on. He's not going to get any favours on the even money pop wearing the cerise and white uh, in the last in a competitive field on on Saturday. That's all I can say. So. No, I, I certainly agree, but it'll be a case of if we uh, – it's the same as Treasured Star. I yeah. won't be uh, I won't be backing out. If I get my drift and I see 280 or something, I'll be having a really good go. Um, I have a very big opinion. I think the voter will win the race. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm okay if it wins at sort of 250, 240, 230 without me type thing. 250 might get me. I'll decide how many beers I've had. But, um, yeah, I – there's better places to probably step in um, at even money, but maybe we will get that drift. Uh, it, it's fascinating. So I actually marked, I didn't mark tricks that trade second favorite BJ. Right. Um, I've got a bit left to center with my second favorite. I've got creator as my second favorite back to Ascot. I thought it's running the uh, Hannons was just as good as all the unlucky ones. Yeah. Um, different horse on a, on a dry deck. Love Brad or Willie going on board. And I'm more just, I've just got it in my market there. I'm not backing it at, uh, at this stage and I probably, I probably won't, but if we get a really on pace day, I think it can uh, cross and find the fence and run them along. Um, and just sort of each way, I, I think that probably may represent a, a touch more value, but just to make it clear, very keen devoted, but um, yeah, I might look at a futures bet or something and, and is cheer that, for it to win in that sense. Is Son of Bacchus a little bit of value? Not for me. Didn't like it. Didn't like its last run all that much. So, yeah. Uh, and I always think it goes best first up rather than I think its best run most preps tends to be first up. So, mm. um, but yeah, I wouldn't talk anyone out of backing it. But uh, look, I, I do think Devoted will, will win this horse race. But um, it does make it very uh, interesting with with Young Taj on. But he's got the job done for the three smite several times in the past, and yeah. He might be able to ride this poorly and it could still win. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm going to just hang around on Betfair, I think. Um, I, yeah, I'm you're you're going to lurk. I'm going to lurk. I lurk and loiter. I, I'm half inclined to take on Taj in the last. Um, oh, do I smell a lay of the day coming up here? No, not necessarily, but I, I just- oh, hang on. I just think Well, that, it can't win. I just think oh, from, BJ, from the- geez, this is- Yeah, outrageous. Um, <laughs> no, no, I really- Really excited to see Devoted in action heading towards the Asian Bow and, and the railway and railway stakes. I just feel like there might be if I stick around long enough on Betfair, there might be a bit of value there for uh, for me to to um, have a couple of small specs. I think I might have something on Salaya just in case. Um, uh, tricks the trade if he if he gets out. He's a really really good horse, of course. Um, um, heading on a same similar path to Devoted, but yeah, just just a little bit cautious of. The uh, three kilo apprentice on on this horse and and a high pressure race to finish the day. So you, I won't be diving in at anything too short for devoted. I might be playing around in the get out stakes. All right, so let's uh, let's take a break. This says we'll be back with our best bets and our maddies and our lays for Eurythmic Stakes Day. We are back with our Betfair best betting propositions for Eurythmic Stakes Day. Terry, who was your Betfair best? Uh, comfort me race eight uh, comfort me and race six swear to god give you two swear special to- special deal today special price uh, special price <laughs> swear to god for me as well race six he is my Betfair best of the day you got a maddie for us 
Uh, yeah, we'll go with, I'll make it very clear. I want to be on Devoted and I'm very keen on Devoted, but Creator is uh, over double my price currently, but I won't be on if we uh, get a fair day here. It's a nice on-speed day and the rail is really good. Uh, creator each way, um, $20 plus in the last. All right. I'm fudging I'm fudging two dollars mm. with my Maddie, but I think we'll get mad prices on Bet on the Betfair Exchange. That's betfair.com.au. Uh, in the Crawford, race seven of the day in in Pacific. Currently best available, nineteen dollars. I think that's a little bit mad. Well, I'm thinking about doing um I haven't done any lays for a long time. So I might as soon as we finish this pod, jump on and I might put up forties for you. Oh, you built it. I'll put up thirties. I won't be that big of a hero. <laughs> <laughs> I will actually. As soon as we finish this podcast, I'm gonna chuck a tweet up. All right. Sweet. I have to do it now because it's been recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My lay of the day, I'll go with race number seven, uh, Will Chino, the favourite. I just can't see how it wins from the map. But, uh, yeah, there'll be plenty more lays coming up on Betfair soon. Right. I'm... This horse is probably going to find the front, so it might, might be a little bit of a silly option here. But I'm, I think the Lexington City price is a bit short. Um, mm. Race four in that uh, in that thousand meter race. So currently, th- I think it's like three ten that I was just looking at somewhere. So um, Lexington City. Brave. Sorry, brave. Brave. Yeah, brave. Brave. And you had, uh, yeah, Lexington City <laughs> is my uh, lay of the day. Very good. That's it. I like it. Oh, there's no markets up on. Um uh, for Ascot yet yeah, on the fairest to bet. Oh, there he is. I've got no excuses. Shit, I'm going to actually have to do it. Lucky me. Well, hopefully a few people can take some money off me. But uh, thank you to uh, our uh, our mastermind contenders. Yeah. Jay Rooney keeps his streak alive, unbeaten. Brittany literally stood I think he no has chance. Been, I think he has been beaten once, Jay. Has he? Yeah. Well, who Toby Dunn. Dunny? Yeah. That's, oh, that's how, that's how Toby got into the Hall of Fame because he knocked off, uh, he won his way in via a victory <sighs> over the... How did I? Yeah, how have I forgotten that? Yeah, that's his one one um, blemish. Yeah. A good effort from old T Dunn. Yep. A tremendous effort from uh, Jay Rooney. Looking for, we need Michael Hayton to bring that same form from two weeks ago or three weeks ago to... Uh, to the races on uh, next Thursday when he takes on uh, Jay Rooney. And mm-hmm. he's got to be a live hope, but gee whiz, Rooney's probably at the peak of his powers at the minute, isn't he? It's like trying to beat elite straight at weight for ages. He's well, to, got a well, well-rounded well uh, mm. sort of knowledge, isn't he, Jay? So he's a yeah. hard man to beat. Yeah, hard to beat Wayne Rooney, but uh, looking forward to the weekend on the punt. Thanks to our uh, producer, as per always, Jen, and, and most importantly, um, BJ. Mm-hmm. Well, get well soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, and I guess that's until next week on the one one. Mm-hmm.